Let's bow our heads. Our great Father in heaven, Lord, we come together here and we want to thank you for uh, those who are in attendance and who will be listening on uh, this recording. Lord, I just want to thank you uh, for camp meeting, but also that you have, it's a time of fellowship, it's a time of, of learning and to sharing ideas each other and then to go back to serve. This is a kind of a mountaintop experience and then to prepare us for serving uh, here, but also to prepare for eternity. And as Lord, it's not only for us, and as Sabbath school, we are working for others. And so be with us as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the Sabbath school seminar. The, the name of the seminar is, uh, is uh, Sabbath school. It's more than the lesson study. And some people believe that people have different ideas on what the lesson is. People, different people are attracted to Sabbath school for various reasons. Name some of the reasons why your teacher, you think your teachers, or you, you teach Sabbath school. Discussion-based. Discussion-based, okay. Some others? What's that? So, just like, their soapbox. like a soapbox, absolutely. And some of them are great, great Bible students, and they love to study. But, you know, I want to say that it needs to be balanced. Our Sabbath school, there's four goals of Sabbath school. Now, when I did this, now it's been condensed to three. It's like the 27 beliefs became 28. This is four beliefs, uh, goals reduced to three, but they basically kept the same intent. And I want to say I am very excited. Um, we have had, I've worked under uh, about four or five different Sabbath School Department leaders, and I've enjoyed many of them. And uh, with, but there's a new excitement in the air uh, with Pastor DeVazier, and uh, he has another assistant, and the two of them, there's a synergy, and I have a feeling we're going to be doing some exciting things about that. The four goals of Sabbath school condensed down to three is a faith, uh, that's Bible study and growing in your Christian experience. There's fellowship and Christian hospitality. There's community, these are the two that have been combined and they're now called mission. It's your working with your community and uh, being outreach to your community and outreach to the world. Now the question is, is, is that what your Sabbath school is right now? No. Okay. And if it isn't, it can be. That's the hope about it and such. So we'll, we'll keep working on that and keep talking about that. Our author of this seminar, this is part of a certification program. It was under the LEAD magazine and the author was Dorothy Patterson. She's a professor in foreign languages and English at Oakwood College. She has a lifelong, strong um, commitment to, to Sabbath school. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit. I haven't told you anything about myself, those who are the alumni. And Nick, tomorrow, we're going to show some pictures from our last class. Our last class was four years ago. It was 2014. That's how much time has passed. And um, we'll show some of the exciting things. We actually had this class, and they said, we want more. And so we actually added another session. We went an extra, was it half an hour longer, 
to get all the material in and we went overtime besides. I just want to share, I'm Tom Majeur, and uh, I'm a Sabbath school enthusiast, okay? I'm a Sabbath school enthusiast, and how did I get here? It happened a long time ago by the nominating committee. I, I've kind of lost track of how many years ago. It was probably about 14 or 15 years ago. And the nominating committee made a decision. The pastor came to me and said, um, you, you run a college department. Uh, you must know how to run school. We need somebody to run Sabbath school. And I thought that was kind of a backward thought. But you know what? Uh, the Lord led me to be the head of a college department. And it was God, my secular job prepared me for my sacred job. And Sabbath school, with that, with some of the things I learned in my secular job, um, gave, Sabbath school has become the most satisfying church office I have ever had in my life. And it's a total passion of mine. And what I learned from my secular thing is that Sabbath school is to be organized and have a purpose. It's not something that, oh no, it's Sabbath morning. And uh, I, let me tell you of a Sabbath school I was in. I was in North, South Carolina, Hilton Head Island. I was on a convention. And um, the convention was over a weekend. And I told them, I'm going to church. I'm not going to be here on Sabbath. It was held... Thursday through Monday, and I said, but I'm going to church. And so I went to church. And when I got there, um, uh, it probably started late, and um, somebody said, um, who's got the Sabbath school program? Who's the superintendent for this week? That's the way it happened. And they said, oh, I forgot. I didn't prepare anything. And that is not the way Sabbath school is to be run. Or to grab up something the night before and just read a poem. If, you, if, if I went to a Sabbath school here in Michigan and the person took our daily bread, there's another one of our alumni, Jack uh, Sutton. I, I went to a Sabbath school and the person read four poems in a row out of our or, uh, thoughts out of our daily bread. That is not doctrinal, it's, it, and it, it's, it's, it's inspirational, but it, it's not giving us, uh, helping, preparing our people to serve. So um, I kind of said, what am I going to get do? And so I, I use some of these principles, and uh, that's kind of where we are, where I came to, and I learned to love Sabbath school. I, I went to a seminar led by Faith Crumley of uh, Sabbath School Leadership Magazine, and uh, she gave me a whole vision of Sabbath School. It's more than the Sabbath School lesson and the preliminary programs and, and so on and so forth. How many, last night, uh, how many of you have been to the pro, Pastor Kelly's sermons? What was his sermon last night about? What was a thought that came out of that? to bond, and to knit. 
what do you think that if you he said the church needs to be bond together and knit together do you think that you could take the word church and substitute the word Sabbath school in it? In fact, where do you think that the bonding and knitting really happens in the church? It's Sabbath school. And what do we need to do to make this the knitting and the bonding experience of the church? Of course, we've got to do the Bible study but we've got to do mission. When we do missions and do projects, that's what I think uh, he said last night, is doing mission projects. He gets a year's worth of, of church in a condensed form and more is bonded and that's what we can do. So that's why, and, and I'm, I, I am speaking to myself, we need to do more than just Sabbath morning. Your Sabbath school, how is it gonna get that bonding experience? outside of Sabbath school. That, that's what you want to think about. I'm going to jump into the program right here. I want to say one thing. Um, a Sab I, I come from it from a Sabbath school superintendent's point of view. But the local teacher is also a mini superintendent. He has the greatest contact, he or she has the greatest contact with the people. In fact, let me even, another thought comes to mind. Is the Sabbath school a lay-led organization or is it a pastor-led organization? It's a lay-led. You know how many pastors are involved in Sabbath school? It's zero on the local level and it's one person now two half persons on, on the conference level. It is 99 plus percent a lay-led mission. And the superintendent uh, casts a vision for this organization. If you just let some, if you say, I'm going to eliminate the preliminary time and we're just going to go to do the Sabbath school lesson. That is what the people are asking for. But as, my, as the dean of my school at ITT said, who came out of law enforcement said, when the prisoners run the prison, you don't have a prison. When the students run the school, you don't have a school. And when the members, I'm not, I'm not talking about the church members, but I'm saying when the Sabbath school class dictates everything that you do, then you really don't have Sabbath school. That sounds like heresy. Yes? Question then. Sure. There are two different thoughts on that. The reason I'm asking or saying it that way, I'm running into difficulty. Oh, you will. You will. Let's open up some windows while you're dead. No, Jack, you don't, you're talking. Well, I'll so, talk about okay. I want to open that window over there. But um, the problem I'm running into is some people want to be spoon fed. They don't want to say their lesson. Okay. They want a teacher. Yeah. And some people want a, a facilitator where they ask questions. And if we're small enough, we can't have 10 classes. That's right. Excellent question. I tell you what, let's talk about that and we'll incorporate that into a future session. Great. Yeah, I know you're going to cover it, but Amen. be thinking about it. Amen. 
we, you've got to show, when, and the other thing is, is when the kids run the family, you don't have a family. Right. And the parents need to be parents. The adults need to be adults. The Sabbath school teachers need to be teachers, and the Sabbath school superintendents need to be superintendents. Uh, does, that, does that make you popular at the church board? Not necessarily. Does it make you popular at the SAB school superintendent's meeting? Not necessarily. I have alumni from this thing. They come back and tell me from four years ago, tell me some of their experiences and some of the resistance they've got. But if you're going to be a superintendent, if you're going to be a teacher, you're going to have to do what needs to be done. Now make sure that you're God-led. Make sure that you're under the God. Uh, you need to be listening to people. You need to be respons responsive to them, but you've got to do unpopular. I have, when I was the Sabbath school superintendent, I had a lot of resistance. If you're making change, and if it's good change, you're going to have resistance. Mm -hmm. But um, if the Lord has laid something on your heart, do it. You, you're unfaithful if you don't do it. Learning objectives. Know the relationship. This is for this particular one, this section. Know why a relationship with Christ is a prerequisite for Sabbath school workers. Why is that true? Can you have people up there teaching that don't have a personal relationship with God? Will they be doing all four of the missions of Sabbath school if they don't have a perfect Will they care enough to call the people in the middle of the week if they don't have a personal relationship with God? We, we've set such a low bar. We, we've we followed generation to generation. As Sabbath school, the, the, the bar or the requirements gets lower and lower. We need to raise those, those, those bars. Pray, 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 and say, Lord, what does this look like? What would you have me to do? Lord, this is your job. I've got to do that. So they've got to have a relationship with Christ first. How can you call for conviction if they're not convicted? And a Sabbath school teacher is, 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 calls for a conviction as much as a pastor does in an evangelistic series. You need to call for an action. You need to at the by the end of you need at the end of class you need to ask for a decision to make something towards the, on their Christian walk. Demonstrate both the uh, responsibility and privilege of teaching. It is a great blessing. I I came to the conclusion that everything that when I was the school chair of drafting design at ITT Technical Institute, I had people. I put out an ad and I'd get. 10, 20 people applying to be teachers. And I'd ask them, why do you want to teach? And often I heard they said, I feel, I feel good when I'm teaching. I enjoy imparting knowledge to people. It is a, priv it's a, it's a privilege to do this. It's a blessing. You get something out of teaching. I believe that is a God-given thing. Everything that God wants us to do, he puts pleasure with it. He wants us to eat for nutrition, so he didn't make food bland. He made it delightful and tasteful. And each thing that we, you know, work 
is, is, has a difficulty, but it also has a pleasure in work. And I even say in procreation, he puts a little pleasure in that because he wants to repopulate the earth and to go, go forth and multiply. Whatever God wants to do, he puts a pleasure to it, but it also has an equal, solemn responsibility. And you can think about that for a little while. And distinguish between self-fulfillment, it's a blessing, I enjoy it, from self-glorification and just talking to see some people just love to hear themselves talk. And that facilitatory skills can be taught. You do not, not everybody is born as a natural teacher. In fact, some people are not really natural teachers, they just are good showmen. But these skills, with basic simple skills, can make you a functioning and actually successful, soul-winning pastor. I mean, uh, I'm going to skip that particular story. You are a member of the church leadership as a Sabbath school teacher. You are a change and influence. As, as Scott Ritzma, he was one of my superintendents a long time ago, Sabbath school superintendents. He says, call for, have an appeal every single Sabbath. Every single Sabbath school should have an appeal for action, for them to do something. And you should influence the church from your Sabbath school church. Sabbath school. And if you aren't, you're not being effective. It's not just about the lesson. The lesson is a means to an end of action and service, not only for now, but for eternity. You are the assistant pastor. You are the eyes and ears. Depending on your church size and so on and so forth, you are the first line of offense, of, of, of defense or, or attack, whichever you want to call it. You have a better pulse. You notice probably before anybody else when a person's missing. You should notice the first week or two. That's the reason why you take a record. See a pattern. Who's not there? That, that lesson go, it goes to the conference office. It gets a statistic say how many people are attending. Other than that, it has no value. It has more value than the local church if it's correctly used than any place else. You're the first responders. You hear the heart cries of people when, you, when they're having troubles and, and stuff. And you should be the first responder. You're a role model. You're a counselor. And that counselor is not, actually some of your best counseling should be after class ends. Mm -hmm. It's just begun. What the class facilitator does, or teacher does, can, um, uh, says, make or break someone's fragile and budding relationship with the Savior. Why is personal relate after the sermon last night, that person gives you answer, why are personal relationships important? What with Pastor Kelly, what did those personal relationships do for him? What did they do for him? They kept him in the church. Yeah. They kept him in the church. If you have a relationship with somebody, can you reprove them? Absolutely. If you don't have a relationship, you're kind of on thin ice and, and doing any instructional or help with them.
Why do you need to have a desire to help? Why is that a, a key element of a Sabbath school teacher? Go ahead, Jack. Well, if we're following Christ's example, wasn't basically the main reason he came was to save us, but was to help us. And how many times, how many people did Jesus help? You name them. Thousands. Any story that's in the Bible, it's about where Jesus was helping someone. So if he's my example, when you help someone, does it not help you better? Amen. If, if you don't have a desire to help people, how much help are you going to be? You've got, you've, you've got a, you, you almost have to be crying for those souls. When you hear that person, in, when you're having your prayer, and uh, let me take a little deviation. Somebody, I was watching Lee Vendon's, we had that at a prayer meeting. Uh, he said, um, instead, of, instead of taking prayer requests, say, I want you all to think about your prayers and we're going to have popcorn prayer. And you're, they're going to be praying for themselves. A couple of advantages. One is, if you're like me, you usually forget somebody. That is so embarrassing to forget a prayer request that is sincerely made. And number two, they're engaging. And they're going to bring up more things than, than they even put as prayer requests. And as they're giving their prayer from their personal experiences, you need to take note of that because that's work that you need your first responders work. You've just you've just got information that you need to 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 call appeal. When you're doing your lesson study, you sometime in the later you need to address that issue in some way individually outside of it, but to help give encouragement in that that during that lesson study. So the popcorn thing. Oh good, good. And one at a time. A popcorn, each kernel pops independently by itself and tell, say, we want one-sentence prayers. They won't keep to it, but that gives them a little bit of a boundary. I, would just, I wanted to say one sentence, two sentences, a prayer, and then let somebody else, and then we can come back to you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Try it. That's your first takeaway. You've got something to take back to your Sabbath school class already. Popcorn prayers. No more group prayers. I mean, it's 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 a it, no, no prayer requests because they're going to give their requests directly to God, and you you're going to get to the benefit of listening to it. Aaron, good leader or bad leader? Was Aaron a good leader or a bad leader? Bad. Yes, and let's go there. But was he a good leader? Depending on the timing. Depending on the timing. There was times when he was strong and he did the right thing. And then as you've alluded to, he, there was times where he let the pressure, uh, the, the peer pressure, do that. As a Sabbath, yes? Who's Aaron? Aaron is, is Moses' brother. He was the first high priest. Oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> he, okay, Aaron's the guy who stayed behind while Moses was up in the mountain and let all the people... He let the guy and let all the people. They wanted to make a golden calf, and he sanctioned it. Yeah, and he came down and threw the tablets down. He's like, "What did you doing?" What should have, What should have Aaron have done? What should have Aaron done when they said, "Oh, we want to make a golden calf to a, a, a calf to the gods of Egypt"? What should he have done? No. He should have said, "No, <laughs> no." 
Didn't you just hear this? We just had the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before. What part of no don't you understand? That's part of leadership, folks. It's saying, telling people what they don't want to hear in a nice way once in a while. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the class ruled the teacher. The Israelites ran Aaron. As a Sabbath school teacher, you've got to have some backbone. You've got to be nice. You've got to give them value. You need to follow up with them. You have to earn the privilege. But once in a while, you say no. Or once in a while, can we move on? You know? <laughs> I heard a few resonant or laughs right there but you you have to be the leader you need to have a passion for the spiritual growth of others your greatest desire you if you haven't read the discipleship mag, mag uh, book you need to go get it wonderful book and i'm going to take a deviate deviation here i have used that discipleship manual for all levels it is, it's like a multi-grade classroom. That discipleship book, if you want to, if your church does not have a prayer, a prayer meeting, maybe you need to have a Sabbath school midweek service thing and go through the discipleship may, uh, book. That discipleship handbook, I've used it for lifelong Christians and they've got a benefit out of it. Say, oh, I forgot that. Or I've never really totally understood that. I have used it for people who have been just been baptized, and that's what it was targeted for. But I've used it for people who are pre-baptized. I went over to a guy that we were doing it for, for it was studying for baptism. He wanted to, to do disciple. He had heard about it. We did discipleship. He invited his, his roommate to listen. He had, he had no contact with Adventism in his whole life. He was, grew up as a Catholic, but a non-practicing uh, non Catholic. And he was blessed by that book. That book is a perfect thing to, if you want to have a Sabbath school activity outside of Sabbath school, not during Sabbath school. And I got some other theories about what you do at Sabbath school and what you don't. We can talk about that later. But take that discipleship magazine thing. You've got to have a passion for growth. And that's, I guess, where I was going you got to have a passion for the spiritual growth of your people. You want to bring those people up to another. You, have member, you should have members in your class who are not baptized members. Your objective is to help them, lead them to the privilege of baptism. To stand up there at the baptismal tank and be one of their witnesses along with their family, if their family's there. And like with me three years ago, I was the only family that he had. And, and, and there is no greater privilege than to have one of your classmates, one of your, your, your uh, people in your class, students, become, be baptized. And if they're baptized and they have a nominal Christian experience, what do you want to do? You want to grow them. And if they've been a lifelong time, you know how many people are stuck in a rut? And help, help them beyond the rut and help them to have experience, the spiritual experience. That's essential. Essential. You must have a passion for them. Sabbath school should be evangelistic. We happen to be at camp meeting, but this is a picture of North Dakota camp meeting many, many years ago, and a very important part of camp meeting. We do have a baptism here at camp meeting, but they, camp meetings used to be 
um, mobile camp meetings. The first ones, they were not stayed places. They would move around Michigan. Just about every town in southern Michigan at one time had a camp meeting in the old days. And it was used for gathering the people to have a spiritual experience like we're having here. But it was as a combination of evangelistic series also. And baptism are important. Your Sabbath school class should be baptizing people. Not for numbers. It's just a byproduct. Just a byproduct of your Sabbath school class. I'm going to skip over self-gratification. Uh, this is Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. And you know what's interesting? When Daniel told that vision, the king, was, the king wanted to glorify Daniel because he did a service for him. And what did Daniel do? He referred it back to God. Exactly. I love that answer better than the one I was thinking of. He referred it back to God. And what we're doing is referring back to God. We're just a servant in God's service. What's the difference between self-confidence and self-glory? has to be self-confident. You have to have a minimum of self-esteem. It has to do with your relationship with Christ, of course. Whether or not you can do a good job. But self-glory has no place in that. Absolutely. And Jack? Back to you Thank again. You. I'll speak up a little bit. Sure. Um, there's How many of us, when we first became baptized, or, or really accepted Jesus, was wanting to go out and share? Uh, absolutely. And so, you know, and you've got to give this guy credit because he's wanting to do that, even after 15 years. You know, he's still, that's his objective. But yet sometimes his delivery... And I, I don't mean to be critical because I don't do things well myself sometimes. But it's getting better. We'll put it that way. You know, and it, that comes back to the superintendent's role or the senior teacher who is the role model. And maybe what you need to do is what I did as a superintendent uh, when I had a new division leader for a children's division, I had them go and observe another class. Mm -hmm and have them observe the class and, and then ask them how what they learned or so on and so forth. I came to the conclusion, and God put me in the teaching position that I had at ITT, that I learned I could work with just about anybody who was willing. Anybody who's willing, you can work with them. And uh, that's what I would encourage you to do is, is come alongside them. Sometimes we bristled or we're upset at them, but come alongside with them and see what happens there. The, uh, <coughs> put God in the spot, spotlight. Put, uh, the, your focus is on God. When pride comes, when, uh, then there comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Pro Proverbs 11, 2. Avoid self-centeredness so Christ can do his work. This is a, a story of Sai, but it, you could probably fill in the blanks. I think of um, George, George Horner. Um, he didn't grow up in an Adventist home. Uh, I don't think they went to church too much. He was kind of a quiet guy. He worked in the factory and such. And uh, somebody, it was a small church and they needed somebody for the primary division. And uh, the primaries seemed less threatening than the adults. 
And so uh, he went in the primary division. And this story has been repeated over and over again, is that when somebody finds their place, it happens to be the greatest joy. And not only did he end up enjoying this, he brought his guitar. I don't know if he'd even played his guitar for years, but they needed music for song services, play his guitar. And the kids, the Sab school, the primary, was, was probably one of the highlights. He was the most unlikely guy who was shy and retiring, but when in front of his, his small Sabbath school class, God did a wonderful thing. And you probably can tell stories. You've seen people who have developed like that, maybe like Sai here. List some reasons why people re, re, uh, turned down the appointment uh, for Sabbath school. It's a task? Yeah. It's more work, they don't have time for it? Yeah. Okay. It takes time. It takes time. It's something that they, they have to do over and over again. It's repetitive. It's a, it's a commitment. Uh, theoretically, a year commitment, two year commitment, three year commitment. I've heard some nominated candidates up to three years now. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't want to be that committed, what are other reasons people don't do it? Uh, Shy, don't, I don't know enough. But we found in our Sabbath school class we have three people. Found in their Sabbath school class with three people? That, that actually teach, but we're doing co-teaching. At least two of them are on any one Sabbath. Okay, so, so you have a, somebody to bounce off or to pick up where you have a little slack. I think we need to take that down is you, you may say, oh, you may not want to take this by yourself, but what if we got a co-teacher that uh, you have somebody to fill in the blank if I don't have something to say? What do you do when you have a teacher that's excellent but doesn't think so? And you almost got to pull teeth to get him to teach. I have a teacher. What do you do with a teacher who, who is a good teacher but don't realize it and they have trouble getting it? Let's, let's put that on the list of questions for Friday. Last year, and, and what we did is four years ago, we had a session, and on, it was actually in this room. We took every one of these bulletin boards and we, we listed, uh, we did this before class, and we, I've got pictures of it to prove it. And uh, we listed what needs you had, remember that? We, the needs you have, and then the other SAB school tent, uh, um, members and superintendents, they came in and they filled out answers, solutions to your problems. And I said to the group afterwards, I said, how many suggestions did I write up on the board? It was none. It was the whole class. It was the group of people. The knowledge is in this room. The knowledge is in your class. It's you just need to facilitate and call out. We have a class that's on questions. The question is, is, is the, one of the most important <coughs> techniques that you have. I've written, if you've noticed so far, how many questions have I used so far? Almost one half of all my, I've made fewer statements, hopefully, and, and more questions. It's the, one of the most powerful teaching tools that you can have. Holy Spirit's calling. Yes, yes, uh, you had a comment there. Yeah. You know, you're, I think you are, it's actually, you are correct. The Sabbath school council mm -hmm. appoints the teachers. But you know, in many churches, 
it's, it's reverted because the Sabbath School Council is not active, it's not functioning, that the, uh, the, the nominating committee picks up the Sabbath School. You see, that's the same, that's wrong, but it's the same as who's supposed to be giving the Bible study, the lay person or the pastor? Yep. Not the pastor can't, but the lay person is supposed to do it. Why do we shuck our job off to somebody else when we should be doing it? To help them grow. Huh? My, to help them, them grow. In my Sabbath school, there's... Uh, I like what he's saying. I, I think yeah. he knows what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> in my Sabbath school, when I started, I was baptized two years ago. Oh, so wow. Started, yeah, so when I started, there was two teachers. Right. Okay. Now there's four. Now Amen. There was two teachers, now he's four. Now I'm coming in every five weeks. They're rotating. So... I watch my brother. My brother's helped me. Watch his I help brother. other people. You just return it, and you help each other grow. We so you're growing have, this organization. Yeah, yeah. We also have like 10, 15 people that are well, well educated and well, you know, and we help each other. Amen. And we take turns. They take your turns, and they, you know what? There's, there's something. There's a synergy I'm hearing here. There's something that is working at your Sabbath school. Yeah, it's amazing. We've, we've had a lot of people. Um, constantly have, I would say, between 8 and 15 people, and it's the same group. 8 to 15 house. people. Yep, and we also, you know, we go to each other's houses for barbecues. There's the fellowship. There's the fellowship. They're, they're, eight, they're interacting with each other. We have social nights and game nights and stuff, stuff like that. Social nights, game. Now, when we, that. Re- just for your Sabbath school class that you're doing that as a group? Or just with Sabbath school? Amen. You have an active Sabbath school class. Praise God. God. Now, you know what? Um, Who was it was saying, it was possibly Pastor Kelly uh, saying about uh, the church at its low level. And and somebody was saying about giving its second priority or whatever. When you raise that priority, what happens with the Sabbath school class? When, you, when people say, I'm going to go to prayer meeting, I'm going to go to Sabbath school class, I'm going to go to the fellowship, we're going to have a fellowship thing, we're going to have a barbecue or whatever, that builds that relationship. How are we going to have a relationship to go through the time of trouble if we, if we don't take care of it now? Yeah, there's no relationship. No relationship. Sure. Why people don't want to teach Sabbath school, yeah. I don't want to teach Sabbath school, but they always make me do it. (laughs) (laughs) They always make me do it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, talking about personalities. Personalities. I have a Sabbath school personality because I'm real black and white, you know, so I'm just like. Very black and white, yeah. I just say, you know, and then I think, I didn't really say that very (laughs) diplomatically. Diplomatically. You know, I, I just don't have that personality. Some people are relational and nurturing and all that. I'm just like, here's the facts. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to, to for the relation. I don't. I know I don't have that skill. But you know, I'm thinking is 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 you. Do you love those people? Oh yeah. And I think that love eventually becomes a servant attitude to them. And what can I do for you? And I think that can be grown. I really think it can grow. I know, but the problem is 
it can be grown and it is it, it is growing grow. i mean as as a christian you're always growing but some of us start a little lower than others <laughs> when we come into the you know we're like down here when we're starting we're growing yeah. yeah so it's like oh amen we have another comment mike in other words, come... Oh, come close with the mic, okay. Yeah. So if, if everything with you is black and white, and that's a lot like me, um, is it possible you could ask your Sabbath school members during class, okay, here is some black and white facts. It's either this or that. Now, how could we build that into relationship with God, relationship with each other? How could we press together on this, and how could we help each other? and then start getting them involved in answering because tell them this is an open-ended question. I'm a black and white person. You've got to help me. I need you. I need your help. And that comes close to who was saying over here, you have two people. You have two people. And, yeah. and that other person can be your counterbalance. There's one person that's, that's, that's the sportscaster says, such and such has uh, the baseball player is, is uh, RBIs or such and such is his batting average is, is uh, 321, the other guy says, oh, the last time he was up here, he, he, he really does good against this particular, I mean, one is, is gives that color commentary and the other one's the, the factual person. So you need a team, you need somebody to bounce or the rest of the class mm -hmm. to bounce you off. We got some answers over here. Our, our class, my, if I teach, I, I, if I talk more than the class then I feel like I'm a failure and one Sabbath, you won't even get a word in because they're all, everybody boom, boom, boom wants to talk. And then the next Sabbath when you think everybody's going to be talking and commenting because it's just the opposite. Uh? There's like not one person in there that's like, it's like you're asking questions, questions, and nobody's <laughs> answering. You're like, oh. We got a couple responses here. Let's see what we got over on this side of the corner. Yeah, let, I'm going to let you speak first. What's your name again? Galen Pusey. Ga Galen Pusey, okay. Um, I'm my experience relates exactly what she's saying because I'm sort of relates. in the category of black and white. Black and white. Uh, you need some color. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have a lady that co-teaches me. Co-teaches. That, um, I mean, she has the gift of gab. She can talk about gift anything and, and draw other people from the How does that work? That. How does that work? It works great. Works great. Because now we've got everybody wanting to talk all the time. Now, <laughs> where, you're in South, where are you at? Dwajek. Dwajek. Now, where are you at? Fairplane. Fairplane. You, you could come visit his Sabbath school class, right? <laughs> you may even uh, share her, your color commentator one week. To, uh, over. Yes, Jack, what do you got going? Uh, I'll pass. They, they've okay. covered it pretty good. Okay, let's go back. You've got to have the Holy Spirit speak to one heart. You know what? Uh, I have to say I prayed more for this session than I have in many of them, and I think the Lord is blessing and are you praying for your Sabbath school classes? Do you, what percentage of time, time tells where you're, where you're at, what percentage of time do you do in preparation and, and studying the word and outlining and having all the right answers and trying to anticipate every comment that everybody's gonna say, and how much time do we spend in prayer? I wanna tell you that's a convict, that, that, that sword cuts both ways. And I think this time, I, I did more praying, and I know the Lord had to help me. And let the Holy Spirit call. How do you know if the Holy Spirit is calling? Solomon was very, very humble. There's a he got away from his humbleness, and that's when he got in trouble.
But when he was first king and he realized, Lord, well, you've got to laid all this on me and I'm just, I'm not good at, I'm not worthy to do this. This is a servant's feeling. Did, God, did Solomon feel prepared? Was he ready to be the king of Israel? Absolutely not. That's the third king of Israel, the combined kingdom. But he was willing to accept the challenge. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, Jack. Willing to, you don't have to feel qualified. Sometimes you just got to do the job. Honestly, I'm a superintendent of Sabbath school. I prefer to have teachers teach. But I will teach a Sabbath school class, and I do teach a Sabbath school class. You don't have to feel, be, God does the preparation. If you, if you prepared your heart, God does the preparation. Uh, what did God tell him? He told him he was gonna, we could read the text in, in 1 Chronicles 28, 9. But he gave, as, as for you, my son Solomon, this is after he's humble, he's asked the Lord, he's submitted to the Lord, as for you, uh, my son Solomon, God, know the, the God, I think it's of your father, and serve him with a loyal heart a will, and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts, understands all the intents of thoughts. I uh, will seek him, and he will be found by you. Do you think that that applies only to Solomon? This is scripture that applies to you as a Sabbath school teacher. And for when you're trying to recruit other assistants to be your color commentators, you know, I've found just having confidence with people, coming alongside with people, talking with them, encouraging them, it's amazing what happens. I finally came, maybe I said this earlier, I finally came to the uh, I hired a lot of people at ITT, Technical Institute, to be instructors. And I took some of them. I had one guy who wanted to be a teacher. He had the degree that I needed to fulfill a position. Accreditation said I had to have at least a, bachelor, a master's degree in the field of study and so on and so forth. And I needed him. He came. I always did a pre-session. None of my other fellow teachers did this. They would just take it, we'd have a, they, there was a clearing board. We have the faculty get together and they'd have to give a presentation. All the candidates who wanted to teach had to have a, a presentation. Uh, but I didn't leave that to chance. I had more people I needed than, I, I, had, than, I, had, I had more positions than I had people. And you probably have that in your SAV school class. And so what I did is I took them aside and I had them give me a personal lesson before they went before the whole faculty. Okay. This guy went before the faculty, before me, and he did so poorly. So poorly, I didn't even know how to politely tell him how badly he did. So I learned the power of a question. I found the value of a question. I asked him, I didn't want to say anything negative. I said, how do you think you did? He says, well, I think I need to work on this and this and this. I said, uh, are you still interested in the job? He says, yes. 
I said, would you work on that particular area? He said, yes. I said, I tell you what, when you feel confident that you are ready to do this again, you come back to me and we'll do it. We'll, you Just in front of me, you'll have that presentation again. He came, he, I, finally he called me up and he said, I'm ready. So we did the presentation. He gave us a presentation. He did better. You hear the word better? Yeah. <laughs> I said, how do you think you did? He says, I think I did better. But he says, I think I need to do a little bit more. I said, why don't you do that? And when you're ready, why don't you give me a call and we'll do this again. He came back. He gave his presentation. Guess what happened? He did awesome. He finally got it. He had meet, met the minimum standard. He'd finally got in his head. He was ready to go. So I said, let's go before the faculty. Okay, we scheduled the meeting. He went before the faculty. You know what the faculty said? Hire him. Mm -hmm. I, we hired him. We put him in the classroom. But do you think I just left him? No. no. I did observations on him. I kind of hung close with him. I used to tell my people, I said, you'll find that I kind of hover at the front end, and eventually at the end you'll say, where are you? Because they are self-independent and they're successful by themselves. I was hung with him, I coached him and whatever. It got to the point we had surveys in every class, every quarter of every faculty member. <coughs> By the time, after, after about a year, I would go into his classroom and do an observation. The kids would not, these are, these are young adults in a technical school. The kids, the, the students would not leave the classroom at break. They would not take a break. They loved this guy. He got the best survey results. It taught me something. I can work with anybody who's willing. I can work with anybody. In your church, sometimes you have to work with anybody, okay? Yeah. But if you put enough time with them, if you care enough for them, you have a heart for them, and you have a vision of where they go, I, and the other thing is praise. Mm -hmm. Praise is, is not flattery. It's saying, I see something in you that you may not see in yourself yet, and I actually know that you can do this. You can do this. I, it's amazing what, what, how many people we've brought along that way. And you can do that in your church. There's a lot of people. And when they do that, they'll have the self-confidence and they'll get the gratification that God wants them to get from teaching. Yes? I think that applies to really any position. Absolutely. It's a universal. It's universal. Um, I'm at ITT, at Strong Tower Radio, and I forgot to introduce, I'm Tom Azure, Strong Tower Radio. I've been a deacon, I've been an elder, I've, I've done every role except for women's ministry, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going there. But uh, that is absolutely true. The church needs encouragers, and it's so much fun to develop people. It's fun to watch people. I. I uh, can say I, I had five people 
who, who became, took the same role in my organization that I had, and I have so much, I have so much joy in that. Actually, Scott Ritzema was one of my Sabbath School superintendents once upon a time. Uh, but even in my, my work, I had five of them that went on to be equal to me, and that was a great gratification. Developing people is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And in Sabbath School, you're developing people for the kingdom. I should just stop right there, right? <laughs> I had a professor that once say, it was, it was in a, a Christian, it wasn't Adventist, but a Christian organization said, I, you get everybody just quiet like that, and then all of a sudden he says, I heard that last Sunday in church. You know, anyway. um, but you know, you need to prepare the way. You need to, you, I'll say this as a superintendent, and as, even if you're on the Sabbath School, if you're on the Sabbath School Council, or get the Sabbath School Council going again, uh, training, training, training. You need to have quarterly training in your in local church. You need to have Sabbath School Council meetings. Yes, Jack? When you're saying training, what type of training? You're talking leadership training? You're talking Sabbath School teachers training? You're talking what? All of the above. Okay. Um, absolutely. There, and it, like we, we talked earlier, are you doing the same seminar you did four years ago? Absolutely. I found out that, that we had, I went through, I worked at ITT long enough that I went through the three-year cycle about three, three or four times. And you know what? When I looked at those, those very same videos, they're canned, they're recorded, there's nothing changes in those videos. I said, well, I, I remember that, or I forgot it, but I never really implemented it, or I'm not implementing that any longer. Like the Maslow hierarchical needs and, and what are uh, the different personalities. We have to bring, how do you forget that not everybody's just like me? Not everybody is outgoing. Not everybody is this. They're different from me. How do I deal with them? And that's some of the things that we're going to be dealing with. Classes, quarterly training, seek them out. Come, you've come to camp. You get an A. You've got your first step here of coming to the Sabbath School workshops. There's online and print resources of things that you can get. Uh, there, you need mentors. Uh, for instance, go over to visit. Uh, see, you're Dwajak. Go over to Dwajak and observe another teacher. I, I tell you what, as a superintendent, I would always go to the Sabbath school. When I'm visiting, and I visit a lot of churches, I would go down during Sabbath school, and I would circulate through all the children's divisions and see what's working and what's not, and bring back ideas, refresh yourself. Find a mentor, somebody who is doing it, and do observations. Observe other people. And if you're a superintendent, do just like I did and actually do observations and give them feedback and they'll be appreciated. Is preparation a one-time thing? Many of your Sabbath school classes uh, have, how many of them have ever been to a Sabbath school seminar? Did they go at all? And, um, and if they've gone, um, it's like marriage seminars. My wife and I, we go to marriage seminar twice a year. We've been doing that for 38 years. But uh, there's things that we always learn Form it. It's, it's, if you're in a professional field, nurses, doctors, would you like your doctors to get trained 30 or 40 years ago and then uh, be using the same technology that they used 34 years, use the same medicines that they used 30 or 40 years ago? 
If you think of some of the things they used to do, you don't want them to do that anymore. <laughs> the answer is no, it's not a one-time. It needs to be maintained. Um, when I went to my very first engaged encounter, before I went to the marriage seminars, the, the thing that hit me as a guy is, is how often do you have your oil changed? Would you run your car the rest of your life on, the, on one oil change, the one you, the, actually the one that was installed in the car when they manufactured it? No. That's what we need to do. We need to maintain and to grow. And that's what you guys, and to improve, new, improved. Prayerfully consider what you need to do. Accept to be led. And some of that leading is going to be from your local church. Some of it's going to be uh, from the Holy Spirit. Accept that responsibility. Make that responsibility. If you're spending two hours a week in your Sabbath school class for preparation, you're probably not spending enough time. But you know, as you prepare for your Sabbath school class, I think you already know this, you're being blessed as you prepare for that class. You know that material better than anybody else in that class. Or maybe you don't know it better, but you've studied it better than anybody else. And then rest in God. I'm resting in God today for this seminar. My day started, I, I, I wouldn't, I got up at five o'clock this morning and went over the seminar one more time. It's the third time I've gone over it, at least. And um, then I went to the, I went to the morning meeting. I wasn't gonna skip that. That's one thing, I don't skip my midweek service. I, I said, I'm not going to, just because I have a seminar this morning, I'm not going to skip going to this 7 o'clock meeting. And then I had a recording session at 8 o'clock for Strong Tower Radio. And I have to rest that the Lord will help with this seminar. And I think that he already has. I'd like to close. Well, you have any comments here? We have about five minutes. And then uh, uh, we'll close with a word of prayer. Like we did last time, this is organic. We have a structure. We have multiple sessions. What is a question? If somebody has the seminar brochure, it's, it's, it's in my PowerPoint, what we're doing. There's a certain topic each particular day. It, it will change. But like we did last time, it was organic. We actually added things in. And those of you who have, have had some questions today, why don't you come up to me or write on a piece of paper, and we, I will find a way to incorporate that in one of our future seminars yet this this week this is uh, the knowledge is in this room just like we talked about that blackboard I think tomorrow I'll, I'll start out the class just like I did today I started out with the uh, Sabbath school program because your Sabbath school I see you have two opportunities to train during the day uh, Sabbath morning you have the sermon time at three you, and then during Sabbath school you have two sessions you have the Bible study and then in your preliminaries, and if you're, if you're going straight to the Sabbath school lesson, you're not having preliminary, your, your group is, is not, your Sabbath schools are not coordinated between your various divisions. Your individual classes need to be organized, but your Sabbath school as a whole needs to be organized. And that's what your superintendent and their preliminary marks. And one of the things I shared with them before, and I feel very strong, this idea of having a rotation of you take this week and then next week somebody else and so on and so forth, that is, that doesn't work. It, it does what's that? It, does or does it doesn't work. It's, it's convenient, but it's not consistent. 
I cannot be, I cannot, I get up, that first week I get up for my game, I do it, and then I'm off for two or three more weeks. You need to have, the second and third week is when you start producing, when you start getting connected. How can you have a program and then the person next week has a thought way over there and you were over there last week? There's no consistency in your set. Are talking about superintendent? I'm talking about superintendent. I'm talking about superintendent. That's actually where the co-teaching started out. Okay, that was sort of the coach. We had three teachers, and nobody could remember which week they were supposed to teach, and so we did a couple, and finally they just said, let's just do it together. And, you, and the, uh, theoretically, you're going to be there, if you're an active, engaged church member, you're going to be there three out of four Sabbaths, yeah. hopefully. It's not too much a commitment, because you're actually committing to yourself to learn. Question. Sure, question. What percent... Of the church members, what percent go to Sabbath school and church? Uh, way too little, you know. In, in developing worlds where the church is growing, what is the ratio to church members to Sabbath school members? Yeah, it's almost. What's that? About forty percent. Well, in in the developing world, it, it's actually uh, like one hundred and forty percent, and in in the developing world, in in here, it's many times it's, it's about half. Half of the church members or such, and sometimes less. You know what? If we have energy, some of that, there's two factors to that. One is the, is the members and where their life is and their commitment. And you, you need, we need to show them a higher standard. Uh, uh, and that's what he talked about in the thing is this minimalist Christian stuff is not going to get us anywhere. And so you, you set a higher standard, but if you're, you're coming to Sabbath school like my friends in Hilton Head didn't know it was your week and you just shoot from the hip, once in a while the Lord blesses, but he doesn't bless that every single week. And so there's a lot for us to discuss this very week. Let's, let's save some of those questions. Let's bring those out. Write those down for me and we will address those one by one throughout the week. We are together here and the Lord is going to bless us. And, uh, you know, if you expect little, you get little. Mm -hmm. If you expect more, it takes a little longer to get there, but you're going to be higher than if you expect nothing. <laughs> and we have a very low level of, of expectations, and we need to raise the, the, our, our level of expectations. And we need to hold each other accountable. Maybe in the next four years we'll, we'll have to to come together and maybe this will be an annual thing where we get together and maybe we'll change. Next year we'll do it differently. It's been four years, but we'll, we'll switch it up. There's many other topics that we can do. Let's close with a word of prayer at this time. Our Father in heaven, today we talked about the motives for leadership. Why do we do this? Are we called? And if we're called, what are we supposed to do? And so, dear Lord, as, as this group forms and norms, it sets its own characteristic, just like our alumni class did four years ago, we became close. We became knitted, and we shared, and we, some of us uh, went and visited their churches, and, and uh, we're still talking about things that we did four years ago. Lord, uh, this is the first session. It's a beginning, but Lord... Uh, your blessing is upon us because we are willing to be led. And so, dear Lord, thank you for what you've done today, laying the foundation 
for what is going to be a better Sabbath school class, uh, not only in the, each of these individual churches, but it will be um, bringing souls to your kingdom that we will rejoice throughout eternity. And Lord, when I think about some of the people that I've met and gre greeted and the Scott Ritzma when he walked into the Wyoming church on the very first day and, and to see where he is today. And I think about the Reitman brothers and see where they are today, Lord. And I think about Marty Lampert that three years ago he walked in the church and I saw him in the lobby looking forlorn and just kind of confused and going up and inviting him to sit with me into their church and then Sab school, inviting him home and for dinner and then just walking him and watching him be baptized two months later and and now he's taken my position in, as personal ministries leader and exceeded everything that I've ever done motivating the church to higher levels Lord uh, these students will do more than I ever did and Lord they we are disciples going out to do your work and we thank you for the blessing of Sabbath school work it's it's a God ordained it's the high touch of the church and Lord if it isn't there now it will be because we ask and we believe and we claim and we believe that that your, our Sabbath schools will be different because of the you moving on our hearts and we thank you for this in Jesus name amen this media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.